0: Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code birthqueen, all in caps, because you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're going to get 30 days free in My Mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want. Boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my Newborn Academy, bonus three, the birth coach class, bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my Birthing Waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students. Every Wednesday, we have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm, C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. My name is Trish Ware, and I am obsessed with all things pregnancy and birth and helping you to navigate both the practical and the magical seasons of this journey called motherhood. I'm an all day coffee sipping mama of seven and labor and delivery nurse who took her expertise in the labor room and turned it into an online one-stop shop for mamas looking for powerful education and support. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many babies in my 15 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse and as a mama of seven. I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, This podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. Today's guest is one of my students, Quincy, and I'm so excited to have her here today because we really got to know each other through our happy hours and our weekly hangouts. And I feel like she has some really valuable information for you guys as you prepare for this new journey into motherhood. So welcome, Quincy.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. And I really want to talk about like real things because inside of our community, inside of our membership, we get real. We don't fluff around. So I'm super excited to have you because I feel like there's so much value in some of the things that you've brought to our community and some of the ways in which you've helped other moms navigate like real mama feelings, not the fluff, not the stuff we're told we're going to feel, but the real ones. So let's go ahead and start. And I want you to talk about your first birth. Okay. And we'll go through that. And then we'll talk about the most recent baby. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. So my first birth, my pregnancy was really hard. I was really sick. And then at 33 weeks, I was diagnosed with preeclampsia, mild preeclampsia. They sent me home. Told me to eat a ton of protein, a ton of rest, drink a lot of water. I had to go in every other day for an NST and I made it to 35 weeks before it just got out of control and my blood pressure was too high. So at 35 weeks and three days, they induced me and I was on the max amount of tocin for 26 hours and nothing happened. I was, after 26 hours, I was two centimeters. My blood pressure was like through the roof. And so the doctor came in and she was like, listen, this is what's happening. This is what your blood work looks like. This is your blood pressure is not getting any lower. You're not progressing. Would you feel comfortable having a C-section? And at first I was like, no, absolutely not. I'm not having a C-section. And then the midwife came in and she was like, listen, I had to have a C-section like Sometimes these things happen. This is your body is really not working with you right now. We need to keep you and your baby safe. And I think that the best thing for you would be to get a C-section. I was like, oh dang, you're a midwife and you had to have a C-section. Like it was okay. I'll swallow my pride. but So I had the C-section and it wasn't a terrible experience at all. I and mean, I think just because I wasn't exhausted from labor i had been induced but i really didn't have i slept i didn't have any contractions or anything so my c section wasn't bad ripley my daughter was born she was healthy she just needed some time to figure out how to be able to eat enough to gain weight and so she had a 2 week nicu and after everything was fine and then when we brought her home the feelings of everything really hit and that's when i started to feel i didn't realize it was postpartum depression i didn't realize what was happening but it everything manifested as ocd and i started to do really weird things have really weird tics I felt i felt and i hate to say this because it doesn't a c section doesn't make you any less of a mom than anything else but i felt very weak I felt like my body had failed me because up until that point, I had trained in the sport of strongman. I could pull an F-350 with my body. I had put so much, put a lot of pressure on my body and had always performed until the most important time. And I felt like my body had failed me. And so I really struggled after her birth, just accepting myself. So yeah.
0: But I also want you to share with you, you had some like feelings and we've talked about like what you felt happened during the pregnancy, but also your connection with the baby as well. Oh
1: yes. So my, I don't know if it was the unexpected pregnancy, if it was the disappointment in my body because of the C-section, if it was the separation while she was in the NICU and I was at home. Postpartum Um, depression. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but I had a terrible time connecting with her. I just felt like I'll just leave her at the hospital and I'll go home. You know what I mean? I just had no connection with her at all. And I, when we brought her home, I didn't neglect her. I took care of her. She wouldn't nurse. So I had resentment for that. I had to pump for her. That was like a time suck. And so it was just all of these things added up that I just could not connect with her. And everyone was like, it'll come. And it never came. And when it really was like, okay, there's a problem. My husband deployed when she was, I think, 11 months old. And he didn't come back until she was 18 months old. And when when he came back, she immediately wanted him over me and i was like i have given you my entire life day and night for the last how many months and you want him and not me and so that's when we i reached out through the seal foundation here and we got in touch with a psychiatrist psychologist i can't remember the what she exactly was but we did play therapy And it like was a game changer.
0: I I love your transparency. And that's been so beneficial to all of us inside of our mama membership. And I think for a lot of the moms, like that has been this gateway for permission to be like, damn, like I felt that way. And I'm not this like monster or horrible person. And I want to say, because I know a lot of you out there that are have not had your babies yet, haven't gotten pregnant yet, what have you, I know that there's so much mom judgment that happens. And sometimes it's really just from ourselves, but there is this sense of, oh, I would never feel that way about my baby and I would never be that way. But the thing about it is that you don't know. You don't know, and you need to be prepared that these might be feelings you have, and here's how you handle them. And I'm even thinking, I remember you saying that you didn't connect to her while you were pregnant, and you felt like that was a mistake. I didn't,
1: yeah, I didn't. Her, her, She was very unexpected, very unplanned. And I, before I got pregnant with her, I was not going to have children. And I had been told that I had polycystic ovarian syndrome and it would be really hard for me to get pregnant. And I just accepted my husband is in the military. We are just going to, we're just going to move around and travel and have fun. And we bought this teensy tiny house and we just had our dogs. And, and you're then pulling
0: trucks.
1: I was doing my own thing and then, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And we didn't find out the gender while I was pregnant. And so, I think that if I maybe would have known, I might have been able to like put a name to her. Put because I felt the whole time I was having a boy, I'm having a boy, I'm having a boy, and then they pulled her out and it's a girl. And I was like,
0: Wait, what, what? am I going
1: <laughs> to do with a girl? And it was, I yeah, I didn't connect with her at all during my pregnancy. And I thought, Oh, when she comes out, or when it comes out, I would always say, When it comes out, I will feel connected to the baby. And I just didn't.
0: So what would you say to other moms who are maybe they've had their baby and they're feeling that way, like they're not connecting to this baby and they're probably beating themselves up? Because I would imagine that you spent a lot of time crying and feeling guilty. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. I was like, I should just give her to someone who loves her or who wants to be around her. But I would say that what you're feeling is very normal and uh, that I'm very sorry that society has made it seem like what you're feeling is bad and not normal. I would say that sooner than later, reach out to a therapist of some sort, someone that specializes in postpartum, because sometimes just a normal therapist isn't going to really have the tools or the experience to really help you in your situation. So reach out sooner than later to someone who can help with your with postpartum and they can really help give you the tools to connect with your baby because it will come. Mine didn't come till she was almost two, but. Yeah.
0: And and it's the work. It's normal. It's it's work and it's action. Yes. But I think that's where it's really important to know. And this is why we encourage our students to have the, that information and that plan created prior to the baby being born because that work, just taking that initial step can be horrific when you're in postpartum mood disorders of any kind. Yeah.
1: Because you think you're like, Okay, now I need to find a therapist. Does this therapist accept my insurance? It's a whole thing. Yeah, so do it
0: ahead of time is what I would recommend. And you can find, if you go to, I think it's Postpartum International, they have a website that you can find therapists who are equipped to deal with these things. And there's even online, like I think it's Better Health or Better Help. .org. Better help. yeah Yeah. Different mm-hmm. options. But have, like you said, find out who takes your insurance, have it lined up, and maybe even make an appointment for three weeks postpartum or something ahead of time. Yeah. You can always cancel it. Okay. So mm-hmm. next pregnancy, you, you mm-hmm. find us.
1: Yes. Yeah. I was, next pregnancy was very planned. We had decided we're going to try for another baby, got pregnant very easily. We were very blessed that way. And I was like the whole time I was like, I'm gonna get this V back. I'm gonna get this V back. I was bound and determined. And I took your V back lab class and I also took early on in my pregnancy a train for labor class and I did exercises my whole pregnancy to help train for labor. And um I was prepared. I took Epsom salts baths every night. I meditated, I like was
0: And you attended Happy Hour every Monday. I did, yes.
1: I attended Happy hours. I took your class. You know, honestly, I didn't find you guys till the end of my pregnancy. I might have been like 35 or 36 weeks. Yeah, I think I
0: remember that around that time. Yeah,
1: and I would have benefited like so much if I had been to the Happy Hours like through my entire pregnancy. But what I got was like so wonderful to just be able to connect to other moms in my current state but kind of
0: why we've changed up the membership community model because it used to be only available to students so we've mm-hmm. changed it because we know a lot of people are not really thinking about taking a birth class until the third trimester but i yeah. know that they need that support from the get-go from then mm-hmm. if we can get to these moms before they especially our VBAC mamas But all mamas, if we can get to them before they choose the provider, then we can help them understand, okay, this is what you look for. So you would recommend to moms to either get into the community or get into the birth class early?
1: I would, yes. That's the most beneficial.
0: What did you love about the happy hours? I love to hear from you guys because I know what I love.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just loved... Listening to other moms, honestly, because at that time I didn't have any friends or family that was pregnant. I got motivation from other moms talking about their motivation to have a VBAC. Um And honestly, to just feel like I mattered. Someone was asking me how I was feeling and focused on me for just a few seconds or a few whatever it was. It was, it was good. It was like a nice little refresher on
0: Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, you know what I love and I feel like it was a benefit that I didn't see coming because obviously I thought, oh, this is going to be great. They're going to have access to a labor nurse and a doula and all that information. But what I really loved was your access to each other. And so if someone was farther along from you or you were farther along of someone else and you're dealing with maybe something ridiculous that your provider unexpected roadblock, they were, the other moms were able to say, oh, wow, this is how Quincy navigated this. And this is what she said and did. When it Mm -hmm. happened to them, they were like, oh, hell no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I've been very blessed with my provider group. They were always wonderful. Like I never had an issue with anything, any appointments, no pushiness, nothing. I was always very lucky with that. My, my provider group was like, amazing. that is a
0: blessing. Okay. Yeah. So now we're ready to have new baby and I'm not saying okay. what baby is or any of that. I'm going to let you okay. do all that. Okay. So
1: baby number two, I, we didn't find out what we were having again, but I knew this time I needed to connect with the baby. So every night I would go to work, I worked in the evenings, I would talk to the baby, I would fantasize about the baby, I would I would just like really focus on the baby. And um, I was like, I just got to get to 37 weeks, I just got to get to 37 weeks. I was really trying hard to keep my blood pressure down, keep it super active. My pregnancy was really easy, no sickness. I made it to 37 weeks and I was like, okay, any day. And then... 38 weeks, 39 weeks, 40 weeks. I didn't go. I had two sweeps. One was on my actual due date, which was May 13th. And then one on May 17th. That would have put me at 40 weeks and four days. And after that, I did some nipple stimulation. I started to have some contractions through the night. They stopped the next morning. I woke up and I was like, what am I going to do? Like I had to go get some pre, I was scheduled for an induction for that Friday. This was Wednesday and I didn't want to be induced. I just didn't want to deal with it. I was, oh gosh, I can't think of it now. Strep, strep B positive, a GBS positive, GBS positive. Yeah. So I was GBS positive. I just didn't want to deal with the induction. I knew I was already going to have to have antibiotics. So I had to go in that morning to get blood work. So I waited around until 11 to go get blood work. And on my way there, no kidding you, I was like, oh, these contractions are like, these are legitimate contractions. I was getting my blood taken. I was timing them. They were every three minutes apart. And I was like, should I even leave this hospital? I was driving home, not a safe situation. I was having contractions. I get home and I was like, I don't know if this is real or if this is fake. So I lay, I got a shower and I laid down and I was like, they were close, two to three minutes apart. And I knew I was GPS positive, but I could still talk through the contractions. They were just really close. So I called and the midwife was like, stay home until you can't talk. But I was just too nervous because they were so close together. So I went ahead and went. <laughs> went in and I got there. I was four centimeters dilated. I don't remember how much effaced, but they went ahead and admitted me because I needed to have the antibiotic. I got the IV in and they were having a really hard time getting him on the monitor. And that was one of their things is we needed, they needed continuous monitoring. So they had a really hard time getting him on the monitor and the doctor came in and she was like, listen, I think we need to we're going to need to put an internal monitor in. I know you don't want an epidural, but I think you should think about getting the epidural because the internal monitor can be kind of full. And I was like, just let me think about this. I had, I was still signing paperwork. It was, I had basically just gotten there. They were still admitting me. And she was like, okay, talk to your husband, let me know. So I was like, okay, I just, I needed to use the bathroom. She had, she had checked me while she was there. I was, this was at 7 PM. I was five centimeters. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, these are so close together. Why am I not progressing? Um, and I was moving, moaning through the labor. I didn't want to sit down. They wanted me to sit down to get the monitor on. And I just couldn't. Lay there, and so I was like, "Let me use the bathroom. I have to pee." So I went in to pee, and my like instinctual thing was to just get on my knees. So I was on my knees, and I remember thinking, like, starting to lose it. Get this baby out of me! This can't be transition. This feels like transition, but this can't be transition. She just checked me. I was five centimeters, and I'm like, "Get it out! Just take me for a C-section." Like,
0: sounds like transition. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Sounds. And I was like, "This can't be transition." Yeah. So the nurse came in, and she was like, "Okay." I, mean, I need you to get up. I stood up and I was like, oh no, I just peed. My little head, I know that my water had popped. So she, as soon as I stood up, I was like, oh no, I got to sit back down. I got to poop. And she was like, no,
0: you don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she was like, okay, go to the bed. Like she, the doctor just checked you. You're five centimeters. Go to the bed. We'll check you again. She was going to, it was nurse change, switch time. It was like about 7.20. The other nurse was coming in.
0: Oh, I love those change of shift babies. Yeah. <laughs> my There was
1: a thousand people in the room because of it. The My nurse was cleaning up the bathroom. The new nurse had me lay down. She barely got her fingers up to check me. And she was like, oh, that's hair. We got it. And I was like, I have to push. I have to push now. So midwife was in the nursery. People were coming in. Everyone was coming in. And, um, I had him out at seven thirty-one. So from seven to seven thirty-one, I went from five centimeters to baby out and he wasn't breathing right away. It took him a couple minutes, but it was like the most rewarding. Like my husband was like, you did it. You did it. Everyone was so happy. Everyone was like, you're going to be back in a year. That was too easy for you. And I was just like, are the contractions done? (laughs) Please tell me, are the contractions done?
0: Did that moment feel surreal for you? Oh
1: yeah. I couldn't believe that I had done it. It was like
0: the most,
1: I was just so proud of myself. And, but I was like focusing on Castor too. His name is Castor. I was focusing on him. I couldn't believe that I had a boy. I was just like so overwhelmed with emotion. And then, um, The midwife was really trying to get my placenta to come out and she was, she didn't want to tug on it, of course, but I had picked up that there was a lot of bleeding. So she needed to get the placenta out. So the placenta finally came out and they were doing everything. She was doing everything she could. There was a lot of bleeding and putting, giving me all the medicine and everything. She called the OB in the OB. She was trying to stitch me up, which is like, Crazy. After you know, I didn't have an epidural yeah, or I've anything. done it. Yeah. it's not fun. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. Yeah. So,
0: did they numb I you? Was, did they normally they do a they local? Were, but that hurts too.
1: They were just giving me lidocaine yeah. to try to stitch because the blood was coming so fast. Yeah,
0: that's that was priority at that point. So
1: the OB came in and she was like, "We need to get to the OR. You're losing too much blood." And I remember, like, I was blacking out at this point, point. and I remember. Anesthesiologist asking me to open up my mouth, and I was like, Please don't intubate me. And he was like, No, I have to intubate you. And that's the last thing I remember.
0: And I remember getting all this from you afterwards, and I was like, God dang it.
1: I know. Dang it. I know. (laughs) So I ended up having a really bad internal tear high up. And And that was the uh, culprit
0: for all of it. Little stinker because that baby came out at 90 to nothing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. So I, Ended up ha- with basically total blood loss. My blood loss was like all of it. I had to have it all, all replaced. And I spent two days in the ICU because I was having a hard time keeping up my blood pressure, keeping my heart rate down. You're just
0: a big troublemaker, Quincy. I know.
1: <laughs> so everybody, like every all the nurses, all the doctors, they were constantly coming up to the ICU to check on me. They, everyone, they would bring my baby up. It was it as bad of an experience as it was. They really tried to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and I
0: know as a labor nurse on the other side, I always all of my patients, I if I work the next day or I work before they get discharged, I always go and see them in postpartum. But yeah. it is especially such a beautiful birth to have it take that And then with that this dark turn. cloud. Yeah, to have yeah. it take that turn. I'm sure they were yeah. all like, "Damn." Yeah.
1: We spent a couple of days then after that in labor and delivery and I went home and it, it's been a rough recovery, but I'm like seven months out now and things are going back to normal. I'm in pelvic floor therapy and things like that. So things are falling back in What about baby? He's been the worst baby.
0: (laughs) But have we bonded?
1: Oh, yes. We are super bonded. We spend all day together on, he's always on me. No, he, he, we just had. Some problems in the beginning. He cried a ton, a ton. I think we had talked about it. He had milk soy protein intolerance. Grayson had
0: the same thing. It was hell. And we lived in a, for better words, a hotel basically, nine of us because we were in transition of moving. Oh
1: my God.
0: And he screamed. Unlike any screaming that I've heard. Yes. Yes, and I felt so horrible because he was baby mm-hmm. number seven, and I was like, "Why can I not console this kid?"
1: Oh, I oh, I can only imagine. Yeah, it was a really rough five weeks. So anyway, he's he's super sweet. We are super connected. He we have a great breastfeeding. We've had a great breastfeeding journey. It was the I had to supplement until he was eight weeks old because of the blood loss. Yeah. Uh, my body just didn't really make milk as fast as it should but we've recovered everything's fine
0: and the big question is what does ripley think of him (laughs)
1: She is the proudest big sister. She goes to the store and she's, this is my baby brother. I'm a big sister. Like she is so, she loves to play with him. She loves to make him smile. He's the smiliest baby now, Nice. but she, yeah, she's the best big sister. It was quite the transition, but she's handled it with
0: grace. I love that. And I'm so glad that you came on and I'm so glad that you've been so real with us. And for those of you guys wondering, she is hiding in a car recording the podcast and there's an airfield next to her. Sorry, yeah, sorry about that, but that's okay. <laughs> but I love, I love it. Have you been coming to the postpartum happy hours at all? I've made it to
1: only one. It's really hard because I'm alone with these kids all day long, every day. So 7.30 is before my daughter's bedtime. So it's hard to make
0: it. And we're trying to figure that out the exact best time for you guys. Yeah, But I, but always remember that you can listen and then pipe in if you need to, you don't have to be like right on there, but make sure we also add them to the membership as a podcast recording and as a video. So you can always listen because what I really loved is that there has been a freedom for these moms to be able to share. And I realized that I was making a mistake before I separated the postpartum moms, because I think a lot of them were scared to really share what they were feeling in front of the pregnant mamas. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: why I never even told my birth story because yeah. I was just like, I I don't want to freak these girls out. You know what I mean? What happened to me is a freak accident. Yeah. Yeah. It, How you've probably not seen it that many times where people tear that terribly that they end up in the ICU, you know what I mean? So
0: it's not a common situation, yeah.
1: I didn't want to freak anyone out.
0: What's been really sweet to be able to watch is there's a birth that is so obviously traumatic, like yours, your postpartum experience was beautiful, postpartum traumatic, yeah, or your first birth, some traumatic aspects to it. Whereas one mom is looking at another mom's birth and thinking, gosh, hers was so perfect. Why was mine so horrible? Why was I, her so perfect? Mm-hmm. And I think what's been really sweet is that even the moms who seemingly had a perfect birth, they need a space to be able to share. Like, yeah, it it may look perfect, but this happened to me and I felt this and this is valid and this is yeah. real. Mm-hmm. That's been a really, there's been so many tears in just the motherhood side of it. Like being able to say, this is what I'm struggling with mommy life.
1: I think just postpartum in general is tough. Just any, whether you're going from zero to one kid or one to two or two to three, it's always a transition and the hormones and the expectations. And I don't think that motherhood was designed to give you a baby and put you in a house all by yourself. We don't have villages like we used to have. We don't have our family around, our friends around. And I think it's just really hard on us. You know what I mean?
0: I agree. And for myself, because my oldest is 32, my youngest just turned eight. And I went through the bulk of those years with the older kids alone in a city with no family. Yeah. And from listening to you guys and learning from you guys, because I'm a labor nurse. I get rid of you in two hours. You go to postpartum. That's that. You're done. Uh So for me, it's been this release of guilt that I didn't expect to happen because I'm listening to you guys and I'm like, dang, I felt that way. And I didn't know that was just not that I was weird. And even some of the intrusive thoughts that you have, crazy thoughts like, I'm going to throw this baby. I don't oh, yeah. want this baby. And yeah. mama, if you're feeling that, you're not going to throw your baby. But it's completely normal. Yeah. If you, And I tell the girls, I was telling the girls in one of the postpartum happy hours, like if you invited a guest into your home or you didn't, they just showed up mm-hmm. in some cases, and the guest comes into your home and they scream all night, they eat all your food, they make your nipples raw, they pee and poo on you, they spit up on you, you're going to get mad. Yeah. Absolutely. You're going to feel some feelings and be okay with that. This is an entirely different he- person than you. It's not you. And you're allowed to have normal human feelings. So yeah. let yourself have them. So thank you so much for coming today. Yeah, thank
1: you for having me. It was really I, great.
0: I really want to see you on the postpartum happy hour because okay. you have so much value to add to these moms. And okay. that postpartum journey is for a year or more. So It is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely hop on more.
0: Okay, we're having, I think tonight, a sleep specialist. They're doing a sleep class for a sleep specialist.
1: Oh, I need that for caster girl. Woo.
0: There He's you go. five times a night. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you guys who don't know, inside of our mama membership, and you can try it out for a dollar for seven days, and it's $19.97 a month, but we have expert workshops every week, whether it's me doing birth classes, our doula doing doula classes, or postpartum depression, therapist, pelvic floor, sleep specialist, lactation. We have everything. So you guys just hop in. It's Labor Nurse Mama dot com forward slash membership. All right. Thank you, Quincy. Have a fantastic day. Hey, mamas, I am so grateful that I got to share Quincy's birth journey and parenting story with you because it's not always the way that we want it to be and I want you guys to be prepared for the realities of postpartum so make sure you hit subscribe leave a review and as always I'll see you again next Friday bye for now